cliffcentral.com. Yeah, baby. Yeah. It's time again for another one of those really short hours of the week. Man, oh man, it's been a while. I'm so glad that you have decided to come join us. My name is Wiza. Wiza, that guy. Certainly always a pleasure being right here with you. And thank you for taking the time out, of course, to just be here with us as well. It's the tribe of superstar leaders. We're always talking about constructive things, you know, about people moving forward, progressing in life. And we want to learn from these type of people as well so that we too can make those same big moves in our lives. They say, this is money moves, you know what I mean? So we can have them blood juice, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's certainly another great day. I am not alone. I'm right here with Mr. Small Koozie. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic, my brother. How are you doing? All's good. All's good on this side of life. Man, tell me yeah. what has been great on your week. Tell me about your week. Look, man, things are so busy. Um, yeah. It's just unbelievable. I mean, um, we took a trip down to Durban yeah. um, to go for the voiceover training, and I think it was an eye-opener. It's so great to see people, how much they actually long for, you know, to reach out for their dreams. And, you know, for me to see those people that we were with um, over the week, the weekend was pretty touching and i think other than that it's busy man yeah i think um it's just um trying to put everything and to keep my focus um i do get a bit fatigued and i think i'm trying to get <laughs> as much rest as i can but hey yeah. everything is worth it and, and and i always say that you know every day every time that you push um, um as hard as you can you're a step closer to your dream yeah, yeah. no very true man talking about that trip man i think the last um the last two weeks I've had um, to go to Cape Town and to to Durban to yeah. do you know these voiceover workshops, and it's literally jumping from heights. That's what I call it, because you, when you do something that you don't know anyone who's done that before, and you're not quite sure of the guarantees, it's not necessarily guaranteed that things are going to work out or even work in your favor, and you have to put your money on the line, put your you know what I mean? Put your reputation on the line and just hope and put your ego on the line and hope people are going to show up and hope it's going to go and it's going to go well. And uh, also knowing that no matter which co- uh, side of the coin it falls on, the result is going to be success in terms of learning. Also learning from uh, from my own perspective, um, learning how, you know, how, how a target market behaves and, and learning how, um, you know, how to approach these things or learning how to do it right if it worked then yes now i learned now i know you know what i mean yo guys i must say um the good news is that it worked out and every single time people showed up man uh there's a quote that i i heard once that said build and they will come you know you need to build first don't wait for the customers first and then say oh now that you're here let me just build a spaza shop real quick no you need to build first and they will come and it was just amazing, you know, in the past two weeks, how people really rocked up. Pretoria rocked up, Joburg rocked up, Durban rocked up, Cape Town rocked up. And, uh, you know, there's still more to go. In fact, Cape Town, I mean, Durban and, uh, and Cape Town have been asking to, for me to come back. I'm like, yo, yo, man, I just left there now, now. Uh, uh, Pretoria and, and Johannesburg asked the same thing. Luckily, I stay around this side. So it was easy for me to bring that one back. So it's coming back again this month. But it's really just been crazy, but exciting all at the same time. Yo, tell me about your DJ career. Tell me what's going on in that side of life. The DJ career, man, is going well. Um, look, um, there's a couple of things on the, on the pipeline. 
um, as good as releasing a bit of music uh, coming along. I'm going to be collaborating with some guys from Durban. Um, obviously, being a Durban boy, I'm going to be representing. So I'm looking to to release something that's going to get the people that side dancing and hopefully be noticed by the main guys that are that are really shaking the game right now. So yeah, my DJing career is going well. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm growing um, a day by day, month by month. And it's amazing to see the amount of following that I'm getting. And I, and I thank every single person that, you know, um, that I see that is supporting my brand. Um, I mean, I started, I started off this thing with just a dream and just a, a, an idea. And again, I just celebrated my birthday not so long ago. And yeah, man, it was so amazing to see the support and the people that came through. I mean, I filled up the place and it was so crazy. It was so crazy to the point that there were people that went back home. They couldn't get in. That how that's how much how how much support I got from the people and the love that I have. And it's it's really for me. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing because I was not aware how my how many people actually follow me and how many people support what I do. So um, my birthday celebration was just a, an eye opener to see that look, people can see what they, what I'm doing and they really support it. Why do you think people? support you like what do you think is the thing that makes you unique or what 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 is that draw card what do you think it is about you that makes people say oh it's this guy i'm coming <laughs> look man i think um it's being multifaceted because i've always believed that in order to be unique you must be able to be a multitasker and be able to try out new things and for as long as I've been in the people's eyes and for as long as I've known certain people, especially people that have been, um, seen me doing things from as early as varsity. I mean, um, obviously I've been in the media space for quite some time now. Um, whether it's print media, whether it's, it's radio, whether it's television, people have always seen me as a person that's always putting himself in different spaces and making sure that wherever I am, I try to leave my mark and to improve and to leave something that is positive. And I think now that I'm a DJ and I'm, I'm, I'm excelling in, in my career right now well if i can use the word excel but i mean i'm progressing um it's one thing that people always see me hey you've been doing you've been in magazines hey you've been doing in it hey you've been doing in radio hey you've been doing something within television hey now you're a dj so i think it's always i always trying to bring in something that is interesting that's going to draw people's eyes not only doing it for the people but i also love what i do yeah and trying to inspire people on the process mm. yeah i know i'm fun just keep on keeping on, eh? Yeah. I know you are shining, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thanks well, so uh, of course, uh, we also have uh, joining us in studio right here, a lovely lady that, in fact, has also done quite a number of things. In fact, uh, she's really just stepping up her game and uh, really just inspiring in the process as well. Uh, her name is... Uh, um, so she, she gave me a short of her name just now when I greeted her because now I see the whole name. It's, it's, uh, Tsakisani. Is, is right? It, it's, uh, okay. So it's, uh, Tsakisani, uh, Mondlani. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm good. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. Let me just say, start off by you guys are looking all fleek today. You and of course, uh, the friend that you came with. Oh, yeah. You guys came out. <laughs> Rocking. You know, bougie all day, yeah. all week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, being bougie, I'm sure, takes a lot of effort. How much How much effort does it really take? I don't know if we as guys really appreciate how much time it takes for you ladies to, to be on the level that you come out on every single day. 
It takes the longest time. If it's not your eyebrows, it's your hair, it's your look, it's everything. It takes a long time. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. And it's worth it, I guess. I mean, in the long run, what you're making sure of is that you have a brand, a reputation. Mm. People, when they think of you, they're thinking this image already. Um, I, I can imagine that it creates quite a lot of pressure for the for the off days when you're thinking, ah, today I just <laughs> feel like not being that girl. And now you're like, ish, even if I just want to go to spa, people are going to be like, that's the girl from yesterday. Same girl. <laughs> no way. I actually get that a lot yeah. on campus, especially people are like, wait, because on campus, I really don't care. I come with sweats, yeah. sneakers. I'm literally like, guys, you'll see me on the weekend. I'm a different girl <laughs> on the weekend. During yeah. the week, I'm this girl. So I just really do what I need to do, how I need to do it. Taki is your nickname. Yes. Cool. It is. So tell us, Taki, um, what do you do? You're about uh, 20 years old. I'm, I'm assuming this is yes, still correct. Yes, it is correct. Tell us, what does the 20 year old Taki do for a living? Taki is currently studying directing and producing. I'm also a lifestyle blogger, an image curator who works with different brands to obviously um, advertise on social media platforms. And I'm a co-owner of a company called Orphic. Oh, pretty cool. Jeez, quite a lot of uh, things there all in one. <laughs> so uh, let's let's take it bite size let's start off first of all with fashion blogging um how long has this been about three years three years i've been blogging fashion for about three years i think the first year was just me doing it and then the other two years was actually working with brands Mm. so that's been pretty exciting it's been going actually so well because now i have relationships with certain brands so like every season maybe if they have summer items they send me when they have winter items they send me so it's really going well. That's pretty cool. And and that is something that grew and you started this when you were around 18 years old. You were, I assume that you were in high school at that time? I was, I was. Wow. So you're in high school and you discover that the internet can actually be, um, you know, a means to pursue a certain career. Definitely to make money. I mean, it hit me just as by surprise because I also didn't know at first it was just like, I like fashion. I really like taking pictures as well. So let me take pictures of the fashion, you know, Mm -hmm. let me. And then people started responding really well, like, well, where did you get this? Why did you do this? Then that's where the influence grew. Then all of a sudden now everybody's getting paid to advertise. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're getting paid now. Okay, cool. So that's how it went. I took it as life went. I never Mm -hmm. really officially knew that this is where I'd be. I never thought three years ago that, oh my gosh, you'd be working with brands it was all just about taking pictures and liking clothes wow and and i guess that's how it it starts sometimes i mean um i don't think when zuckerberg started facebook they were thinking the billions or the trillions that they're you know that they're working with right now they just thought you know what it would be really cool to make this app imagine if all the cool girls in school could use it (laughs) and that's that's really where they were in the beginning and it's just amazing to see how the internet has so many opportunities for us, especially, you know, being millennials. There's so much that we can do nowadays as well. So, uh, okay, cool. You got this fashion blogger company. Uh, well, let me not say company, but you're a fashion blogger. You work with brands and it's grown, but you're still a student. So how do you manage um, you know, I mean, I'm sure brands want meetings at certain times and you have to be in class at that time. And how do you manage that, that time and also the expectation? Um, I actually 
got help from my brother. He actually manages all of my Instagram stuff. So if brands email me or let me know that, hey, we need you for a certain event or we need you to do this or we need your address, he sorts everything out and he just gives me feedback like, okay, listen. So your brother is your on. PA? Yes, pretty yeah, much. Because yeah. <laughs> I would have not been able to do it on my own because in between school, Instagram also have castings because I'm also an actress, so it's mm-hmm. like up, down, left side. So he yeah. helps me a lot when it comes to the Instagram side of yeah. life. Yeah, well done to the brother. How <laughs> old is your brother? He's actually two years older than me. He's 22. Oh, okay, so cool. We're like twins, you know, like uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty cool. And what does he study? He actually studied digital marketing. Oh, so, so hey, this is like well, right yeah, up his alley. See, make money, run in the family. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so it works. What he's actually doing actually enhances my brand, crafts my brand. He actually helps me like elevate and evolve myself to the next level. Well, that's pretty cool. You know, the teamwork amongst the And teams. I do pay him. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. And, yeah. And there's no family shirt. I pay. I do what I gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> nah, absolutely fantastic stuff, man. All right. So, fashion blogging life. Um, you know, you're running it with your brother. Any possibilities that you're seeing that becoming more than what it is? For instance, your brother already studied digital marketing. Um, you could, you know, fuse these things, come up with a whole new product altogether because internet is there. No. That, Definitely, mm. internet is actually the future. It's like putting the whole world in your hand. I think right now the um, direction we're going is the makeup line called Orphic. So he's the one designing the websites, the look, the everything. Because we're really trying to take it to like the next level. Like right now, my partner and I are actually getting samples in the next two weeks of foundations. Because we're launching 23 shades from like white to black. And then we have an extra shade for albinos. So mm. that's pretty much what we're all focusing on now. He's also helping us create the whole image, the look. Because once you start with something, makeup has to kind of all be in sync. If I'm going to choose a foundation bottle to be like this, the lipstick's also got to be in cohesion. Mm. So I guess that's where our mind frame is at right now. All right. So the company, um, it, um, which is... Uh uh, it's Orphic, right? Orphic, yeah. Orphic is is makeup, and you guys are gonna launch that pretty soon. Orphic is actually an empire, but we're oh, starting yeah. with mm-hmm. makeup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> I like that. I like that you have you starting with the end in mind. That's actually the important lesson there. Um, but some people, yes, they want to start with the end in mind, but they have the end in their mind for too long, Definitely. and they never get started because mm. of that. Mm. So you guys have this empire idea, but you know that you have to start somewhere. And I think the most important thing is to just get started. No, definitely. Because, I mean, Orphic is going to become so big. We're starting with makeup. It's eventually going to be a fashion line as well because she's really good with the makeup. I'm really good with the fashion. So we're going to take it to another level, grow it as far as we can. But obviously you need to pinpoint and step by step growth. So we're starting with the makeup and then hopefully we'll even have like makeup stores, even have like makeup branches, make it international, you know, but step by step. So how are you thinking of launching? You know, I've watched a lot of, uh, a lot of Shark Tank episodes. (laughs) So I'm going to be a shark right now. (laughs) How are you thinking of launching? What's your entry into market? Um, we're actually planning an event in May. 
I'm trying to get together a few people in media, probably invite some PR agents in magazines and different people we know who have influence in media to come and see the brand. We're going to have actually a previewing for family and friends, like, because we're actually documenting the whole process. So from the beginning of thinking about the idea, so that's the clips that we're going to play at the events. And so it's pretty much, we're going to make it very personal, but we're going to do our best to show everybody. Yeah. So first previewing is family, second will be public. Yeah. Okay, cool. But and then now how are you planning to when I I mean infiltrate the market, I mean how are people going to buy your 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 uh makeup in the first 6 months? Oh, online. Online, online, right. online website. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. We're creating we're actually doing that right now, starting to create that online website where you can pre-order, put it in your chart and get it delivered to you. Pretty cool. Actually, that is one of the things that um, uh, that you see quite a lot on, like even those those type of shows. You know, the the Shark Tanks and all those. You see that a lot of a lot of the guys that are really starting to be successful are going online instead of retail. And in fact, um, a lot of the you know a lot of the experts would normally say. Why go into retail, whereas retail is, you know, it's it's kind of like a shrinking market compared to online, which can literally be as big as you want it to be, you know. So I I really, um, I think that you guys are onto something, and it would be great if you guys also go and watch Shark Tank a lot, (laughs) (laughs) especially especially because um, there's a lot of people coming out with with different products uh, whether it is ha- hair care uh, facial um, cosmetics and all these different types of things and you'd find that most of the successful people actually went the online route because there's less competition you're not mm. competing on the shelf as much as you as you would uh, if you were in retail you know online in fact also you can create your own niche market i mean look at online radio for instance uh, south africans thought that we were not ready for it and look at how it's doing you know it's doing pretty well in fact it's grown Definitely. quite substantially and now there's more stations starting to adopt the same philosophy as well and i think the same is with business i mean if you look at uh, macro macro normally has so many people going there you would think that macro don't need no online stuff <laughs> but guess what macros now online they even pushing people to do online type of things more and more often it's convenient yeah it's yeah. convenient and you would think that no maybe that only works in america or in europe no it's working right here in south africa too and in fact it's starting to grow look at takealot.com look at you know now the list starts to grow and it and it looks like hey man maybe this is actually the future so i i think if you are starting off with something don't let the whole retail thing hold you back Definitely. because um i've had chats with people who wanted to launch or in fact to have launched their things at big retailers like for instance let's make an example with macro you would sometimes need like a huge deposit like a a more Mm. than a hundred thousand just as surety that you're going to deliver and if you don't have a hundred thousand but you're like yo just get me in man i'm gonna make the hundred thousand if you get me (laughs) yeah and they're like no but you need to put the money down you're like how am i gonna make the money if i can't sell the product to make the money (laughs) so so online definitely the way to go you guys are onto something really well there and now all of this business talk and fashion talk and yet you say you're studying 
something related to acting yes, at AFDA? producing and directing. Mm-hmm. Yes, producing yes. and directing. So how did that come about? It's been something I wanted to do actually my whole life. I'm actually a thespian at heart. I love acting. It's like everything. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to school to go and do something I'm naturally gifted at. Let me go to school to enhance the craft, like what is expected of me from the director. And eventually, you know, Ofix and Empire. So we might even throw a young production company under there, you know, just slide it under there. So... I guess it's exciting. It's really, really nice for me. I'm enjoying it. I mm. think I'm at the right place. And I think the fact that I'm enjoying it because I was at UCT for like two years. So I am so happy right now. Okay, cool. So this is first year yeah. um, at, at the uh, film and act, uh, it's film and producing, you said. Yes. Interesting because now you, you're throwing in a whole new spanner that I didn't even know existed into the works. You were first at UCT and then you're off ramped. Tell yeah. me about your UCT life. <laughs> um, UCT life was actually to prove to my parents that I can be in a commercial university, that I can do politics and philosophy and economics just to make them happy. Then I realized, you know what, I'm wasting my time. This is not their lives. I want to be great at what I do because I was surrounded by people who loved what they're doing. I mean, shout out to UCT students. They work. Mm-hmm. They work really hard And yeah. I noticed that this is not where I'm supposed to be Everybody's so happy to be here And this is not the place for me So I made the decision to move Yeah, to after back to Joburg I was in Cape Town So now I'm back in Joburg How easy or hard was that decision? Um, and how easy or hard were the conversations you had to have With the people <laughs> that you were um, living for because at that time, I think you were living for them yeah. and you were trying to do things that would really please them and, and make them proud. It was really, really hard to make the decision because I was like, you know what, maybe let me finish. Like, let me just stay, suck it out. Because you were already there two yeah, years. Yeah, I was like, you know, How I, long is the degree? It was actually four years. So four I was like, year oh, degree. So two you were, years. I was only halfway. <laughs> maybe if it was three years, I'd be like, okay. But I realized, I was like, you know, dude, just leave it. The hardest person to tell was my dad. My mother was like, girl, we've been sick. We didn't even know why you were doing that. Like, everybody was like, girl, good. (laughs) But my dad was like, whoa, are you sure? Because careers in the creative industry don't have as much as assurance as you were saying earlier about guarantee. So he was a little bit afraid about like, are you really going to take the step? Whereas what I was studying was more solid in society. So It was hard, but eventually he's like, you know what, my girl, do what you love. I'm your father, so I support you. So this is where I'm at now. Oh, cool. So, but, but in your mind, with your internal conversations, did you think that that's how it would have played out? Never. Tell me, how do you think it would have played out? I think I would have studied the, those four years. Um, graduated and then realized, oh my God, what am I going to do with this degree? Then started again and went probably to after or did drama at GCT yeah. to be like, okay, because a lot of these, um, to join these agencies and to be able to go to these castings, you need some form of training or some form of degree to mm. back you up because they don't take just anybody. So I would have gotten there and been like, okay, I'm ready. And the world would have been like, wait. So I think it would have been a waste of my own time. 
So I was like, you know what, parents, I'll still get you your degree. And because this is what I'm doing and this is what I love, I'll promise you distinctions. Cum laude, you know, let me yeah. give you something nice to still prove to you that I'm an academic, despite me being in a creative school. Mm, yeah, I think that, that right there is something quite important, you know, to rather um, qualify yourself in something that you also love. There's this thing where, um, you know, you could be good at something that you don't like. You know, but you can only be good at it, but you can be a genius in what you actually love. Definitely. You know, because if you go for what you love, then you could still hit the cum laudes and guess what? Your heart's happy. You're happy. Yes. It energizes you in the morning. It energizes you in the evening. Man, you, you in the space you want to and you always learning the stuff and applying it immediately because you are already in that field no, in some way or the other, you know, which is a, a more exciting thing to be in than to be in a space where after you put down that book, you don't even want to think about the things inside <laughs> that book. Thank you. Know? you. <laughs> wow. So you were studying. What exactly were you studying before? IPE, International Politics and Economics. And then mm. I took philosophy as mm. an elective. Mm. Just yeah. reading, reading, reading. <laughs> no, it was reading, reading. <laughs> It was not nice reading, reading, reading. <laughs> wow. Jeez. I mean, there's hardly any... Well, there's probably a little bit of debating here and there. And that's probably where you came alive. Where you're like, oh, a little bit of stage time. I it get was. to debate and be dramatic. But it became too much. Like, as much as you... It was very forceful. It was like... Mm extra like when i had i had to put so much effort to go to class effort to study effort to write the essay so it was mm. a lot eventually it became tiring like yeah. i actually can't do this and the fact that it was so much easier for everybody else i think there's something about seeing other people love what they do and you knowing this is not what you have to do i think that's when i knew this this is enough because those kids like go to extra classes. They meet up in groups so that we can have discussions. They debate in class. They ask questions. I used to be that student who's like, please stop asking questions. Class must end. Let's go. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Mm. So, yeah, now I'm at the right place and I'm happy and I'm enjoying it. And it's peace. It's tranquility to me, you know, because it's my purpose. It's my life. It's my dream. Yeah, I think... What you're saying right there is quite powerful. You know, the there's nothing quite like sitting in a place watching other people really enjoy it and something inside of you, you know, your your own heart cries to you, you know, dead somewhere in there and saying, What are we doing here? What are you doing to me? You know? <laughs> Come on, let give me a chance. I need to be out there yeah. and you have trapped me in this thing. Just make the decision. And it changes how you think. I mean, being in an academic institution like UCT to after is so different because how I used to think. Even my friends are like, you are so different because they literally make you a left-brainer. Like, there's no room for... You have to be straight. You need to think rigidly. Mm. So I think it also started um, affecting me and my talent because then I started having to focus so much on this that a part of me was losing myself. Mm. So... It needed to stop, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kanye said you have the power to let power go. What he meant there, I think, was that you have the power at any given time to say enough is enough. Mm -hmm. But usually we are too scared to think that we have that power. We'd rather um, live comfortably thinking that we we had no control over our lives and that's why we are here. You know, uh, there are many people who've lived life 
uh, to please other people and they are where they are right now, which is maybe not the way they would ideally loved to be, but they live easier knowing that they can blame someone else mm-hmm. rather than to say, I'm here because of me. You know, someone once said that, um, all of us are self-made, but only the successful will admit it. Sure. Yeah, because if you are not successful and you're, you know, you're currently maybe in a very bad place, you'd rather blame someone or blame the force that the life, it, something, rather than to say, no, I'm self-made. I'm a self-made failure. Yeah, I got here all by myself. No, no one will want to do that. But it's easy to say, I'm a self-made millionaire. Yeah, I've done this all by myself. I've never heard anyone say yeah, they're a self-made I've failure. Yeah, but actually we're all self-made. Self-made whatever you are right now. Whatever you are right now is a summation of everything that you've showed up to bring thus far. You have more, but that's just all you've shown so far. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, you need to change yourself. Don't bash the that's mirror. True. It's like, ah, this is a bad mirror, man. I wanna, <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> yeah, which is actually quite interesting, you know, so... It actually takes me back to a time where I also, I mean, I studied chemical engineering. I was sitting there in, at, a, you know, at, at an office and looking out the window. And I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm just about to graduate and chances are I'll probably work here properly, permanently. Oh, nice. <laughs> Cause no, I'm saying at that time I was oh, just okay. about to graduate and I was just sitting there. And yeah, like I was okay. I was good at what, what I did, you know, but I was not a genius at it. I'm a genius mm-hmm. at some other stuff, but not this. But every time I would be asked to do something or I have to present something or, or anything like that would come up, it would just stand out, you know, that, hey man, you in the wrong career. What the hell are you doing here? You're so good. Man, did you, he's so well spoken. Yeah. And people would always say those things. And I think whichever, um, real passion gift that you have with you. Normally, when you're in the wrong space, people will see it and they will mm. say, what are you doing here amongst chickens with some eagle feathers? <laughs> and you'll be like, no, no, me, I'm a chicken. I don't know what y'all seeing. Meanwhile, you're actually an eagle. You're just out here living like a chicken. You're living life small and you're not doing anybody a favor. And every now and then you look up and you see other eagles and you're like, man... That's what I'm supposed to be. I'm the sky. Yeah. And I looked out the window and I said, my life is out there. I remember this day, guys. It was so, so this is deep it's stuff. Like Cause yeah, it was a gloomy day, a bit like a lot of clouds and stuff like that. <laughs> and I was just sitting there and man, I have so much work to do. You know, when you have so much work to do, but you like end up like being drowsy at nine o'clock in the morning, you're drowsy at work at nine <laughs> o'clock. Because <laughs> this stuff is not energizing yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, eventually when you get over your mind and you just tell yourself you're going to get through this, mm. you will get through the work and chances are you'll do a good job, you know, but you won't do a genius job because it's not what fuels you. Mm. Anyway, I ended up deciding, you know what? Yeah, nah. But I had to make the calculated decision first. You know, you don't just do it without having calculated because yeah, no, you you're gonna you're things. gonna get challenged. But I think again, the good news on on your in your life is that the left brain the left brain life 
kind of set you up to live the best right brain life? I think so too, because it's worth it now. I know what it's like to not have it. I think if I had matriculated and went straight to after, I would have been like, All right, let's just do this. Like, you know, but now I realize how much I want it. Like, I'm hungry for it when I'm at school. So yeah. I needed those two years. You're right. Mm. That left brain did prepare me for my right side. In fact, more than even just that, but usually when when a psychologist speak about the um, the right brain they would say that um very creative you know very spontaneous sometimes not not um want to abide by too much order and um you know they w- don't want too many rules and constraints they would rather be free and creative and flexible hours and you know all that type of stuff whereas the right brain is much different mm-hmm. so now usually though you'd find that right brain people um find it difficult to to um do things like start a company go mm-hmm. through all the due diligence and all the need to the nitty gritties you know they they already want to dream the big dream the the empire and they get too like they they get too preoccupied in in that in that planning phase that dreaming phase and oh and this and because they're really creative they can come up with more and more True. ideas and things we could do oh and then we should do this <laughs> like okay cool so who's registering the company who's gonna go to the bank yeah. make sure that our CIPC yeah. documents are in order the tax registration mm. the ooh, so much can't do. we get some left brain brother who's like two <laughs> years older than me to do that you know <laughs> that's normally that the challenge of most right brain people is that when you talk ideas with them, they get so excited and they want to share them with you and they want to build a thing. But mm. then when it comes to the actual execution, sometimes they find lacking. Well, I say sometimes no, because there are, of course, those ones that, that are, that have a good balance between the left and the right brain. Yeah. So I think in that regard, it has also prepared you. Or maybe, in fact, you've just been a very balanced brain, but it's just that the right brain things excite you more. They really do. I think you're right. I'm actually quite balanced because it's actually uh, while you were speaking, I was actually thinking of this one story. In class, when we get essays, and everyone's like, "Oh no, 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 no essays!" <laughs> and then you get the essay, and it's like one thousand five hundred words, and I'm like, "Ma'am, is that all?" Is that it? Are you sure, ma'am? What does that happen? Like, really? So, I think you're really right. It works for me to have both the left brain because then I like things structured, but with talent, but very structured. I like things neat in order, but with a little bit of color, you know? Yeah. Just to glam it up and spice it up. Great. So, tell me, um, I mean, you, you, you really sound like a, a driven young lady who, who's a go-getter, who's you know, it's going for what she wants and, and what she loves as well. What are the foundations that have built you? Tell me about, tell me about that. We want to know not just about the tree itself and the lovely fruit, but the roots as well as the soil in which these roots were formed. <laughs> um, it comes uh, let me explain it like this uh, Ambition is a part of my identity It's always been something that has excited me Even before I knew exactly what I was supposed to do I knew that I wasn't going to settle for anything less Things that inspired me was 
when Oprah Masterclass used to play, I don't know if you watched it, she used to get um a lot of people to come and speak about their lives and how they got to where they got. Oh, those things were deep. Oh, those things shook me. And even today, I still imagine myself speaking one day on that show, telling people how I got here. So as I take life, I take it as a little step and then I practice saying it one day on TV. Like, then I did this, then I did that. So that is actually the foundation that sparked me like whoa there's a life beyond what you see right now so it was that show literally opens masterclass wow yeah that's actually quite powerful how a tv show could actually you know inspire a person to just um project uh, you know have a different projectile of the entire life and everything um you know just changes for the better and you can all trace it back to uh you know a show that oprah might have even forgotten no, wow. for real. No, those those were hectic. You need to check those out. Yeah, I mean, she got different people in different fields. I think one time she even had Maya Angelou there, like speaking about how she is and how she views the world. And it's literally like a stripped down show. Like it's just you and the camera and them speaking. Those shows shook me. Um, maybe can you mention one moment from the show and you say, okay, then this person said that, and I was like, yes. Um, Maya Angelou said, um, race is distracting us and it's not the real problem. We're self-destructing ourselves from being self-successful. We're also caught up in the point where we're thinking, oh my gosh, this is race, this is that, instead of focusing on you and focusing on your dreams and focusing on the steps to take towards your dream. She also said that we're doing this to ourselves. Where we are in our lives is us doing it to ourselves. It's our own doing. So I was literally like, whoa. <laughs> Jeez, I've been saying black magic, black power. Like, Trust me, I got our people, but I think at times people tend to forget that you are born alone. You are going to die alone. And yes, in groups, let's get together to do things, but don't let it shift you from reaching somewhere. Mm. Interesting. Jesus. Um, I'm actually quite sparkled by your, your level of, um, you're quite philosophical. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, and the way that you were able to remember that moment, because he asked you, what was that moment that was like, yes, that sparked you to actually go after your dreams? And the fact that you actually articulated in such detail It's quite amazing No it really is I, I, It's also for the little girls Like my friend and I When we get dressed And we go to the hood And then we see mm. the little girls Who smile Who just look at you In awe Like oh my goodness What we're doing Is beyond ourselves It's for those little girls For hope It's to remind people That there is hope Those little girls Who look at you like Whoa They just see a pretty girl But they I see hope So to remember that Whatever you're doing is for you, but not for you. Having said that, um, I'd like to pose this question for you. In everything that you do, because you want to, I'm sure you're a person that wants to be very successful. And um, what would you like to be remembered for? I know this is a question that's a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with, with that type of mentality and the, and, and the way that you see you know, don't worry, people. she's already no, practiced I, I it. She knows, it. She knows. She's got this on lock. <laughs> All right. She's been waiting for that question. Yeah. So, <laughs> what is it that you would like to be remembered for? Taki. Taki Sani. Yes. Taki Sani is coming on earth to remind everybody that they have a dream. That is 
my purpose in everything I do, in everything I say, and everything that I think about, and everything that I touch, I want to remind you that you are great. Whether it's through me dressing extra in a very random spaces to remind you that be great. Whether it's me working extra in my essays to remind you to be great. Whether it's me coming to a TV interview instead of being in classes to remind you to be great. In everything I do and my purpose on earth is to remind you that you have a purpose. It's powerful. Yeah. I think the most important thing about life is really to figure it out. You know, a lot of us um, don't move yet because we, we, we not, we, we're too scared. We don't even show which direction to move in. I, I once made this example of life being this dark room and, you know, you in this little corner and your parents come from that corner and they can only give you advice about that corner because they have not really seen the rest of the room. And taking those unsure steps in a dark room to get to the other side of the room is, you know, really quite scary because you don't quite know exactly what's there, what to expect. You're not sure, is there a table here? And, and other people are standing there at the corner saying, what are you doing? They can't even give you advice about turn left, turn right, because it's a new place that you're going into that nobody really knows. And in fact, we all have our own versions of these rooms because we all have our own lives. You know, um, your room is set up differently, but everyone has a, their own dark room. We start off in the same dark corner, but we can never really be in the same room. We can only start off in the same court corner, you know, and, um, and in life, no one can really give you advice about your dark room. Not, you have to, you have to go out into the darkness, feel, Bump your feet a couple of times. Understand what's around. In fact, has it ever happened to you that your mom sent you to, uh, um, you know, to one of the rooms? You decided not to even switch on the lights. The first time, you kind of just, you know, you put up, put until you found what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. The second time, you kind of remember where things are. After a while, you move really quickly. You can navigate so quick in a dark room as if you know where everything is and you're not bumping your feet at anything because you're like, oh, there's a table here. Oh, there's a bed there. Oh, and then you just go past things so effortlessly even though it is still dark because you kind of have a an intrinsic feeling of what is next or where things are and so on. And I think once you figure out life, it's like you figure out your dark room. And most of us only figure it out when we were like 40, 50, because mm. before that time, we were too scared to start walking in our dark room. Definitely. And when you're young and like in your 20s and you figure it out, you start living that fulfilled life of a 60-year-old in your 20s. It's the beautiful thing. It's like one of the best things ever. No, it's. I think it's a blessing. On my behalf to feel like Sometimes I'm like God Why'd you do this You gave me so much information Really? <laughs> <laughs> right now Okay yeah, Alright I got yeah. you Great Well the good news is that We've just shared all that information now So now anybody who listens to this Can you know Go and make that their own And eventually they can become those people Definitely. And navigate in their own dark room as well Wow Any last words? Um <laughs> actually don't have you have words. so many words man you're like life is about you but it's not about you <laughs> like what what did you say <laughs> Yo, it was deep eh? oh my this goodness. girl was dropping so Yo, many bars i said i said <laughs> back on the chair like, and i was what? like this show was for me yeah. i'm gonna go listen to this show yeah. again after this because you know what i mean 
it's it's just been fantastic, man. You really, oh, I'm you sure you have me. something. You you have nothing else to say. <laughs> just lots of love. Love the world. Enjoy your life. Cool. Really. Tell us where we can find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Sakisani Montani, on Twitter, Sakisani M, Snapchat, Sakisani, WordPress, Maryluck.com, Tumblr, Maryluck.m. Yeah, no, she, she's, she's legit, mate. Mm. Well done. Well done. Mm. Thank you very much, Sakisani. Thank, Thank you very you. much for coming through. You have been an absolute blessing. Oh, I enjoyed myself. Thank you so much. Great stuff. Sure. Well, just like that, we conclude the show. It has certainly been one of the shortest hours of the week. And we do it like that every single time right here on Unplugged and In Charge. Hopefully next week we can hit you with another one of those absolutely fantastic podcasts. Yet again, another groundbreaker. Someone else who's making moves. I still haven't forgotten about the uh, lessons from legends. We're still waiting for another legend to come through in a short little while. We'll have Vusi Tembeguayo coming through as well amongst a number of others. It's going to be absolutely exciting. It's a four-part series. We've only done one of them so far. That's Gil Ovd. If you, uh, Oved, in fact. If you haven't seen or listened to that podcast yet, go back a few, listen to that one. It's absolutely amazing. And it's how you can go from zero to having a company that's worth more than a hundred million Rand as well. Thank you very much. Unplugged and in charge, and we are out. Cliffcentral.com.